Welcome back. It's the next episode of Process Preparation Performance. I'm Coach Duke. We're here with Coach Simmons, and we are extremely humbled to have Tag keep rolling, Coach Simmons. We have an awesome guest in the house going through his bio. I can't believe it. This guy's probably forgotten more about football than I'm ever going to know, and I can't wait to dive in to talk to him a little bit. But, JR, we hit a milestone this kind of week or this past week for the the podcast I was I was super excited when you told us about it I couldn't believe it I kind of looked down at my text messages I'm like holy cow I mean people are actually listening I actually I was at a baseball game the other night and some guy came up to me and said hey I've been listening to your podcast I'm like (laughs) what the heck how is this even happening like people don't know me what's going on but tell everybody what that is JR Yeah, we've been really fortunate. Uh, I was looking on the stats on SoundCloud the other day, and we're over 2,000 plays on our episodes. We're up over 100 different devices are downloading the things on uh, iTunes. So somebody likes it. I think they're all crazy, but uh, (laughs) they apparently like listening to what we're having to say some days. I I asked my kids, I'm like, is this all you, man? You just replaying all this stuff or what's going on? He's like, no, dad, I'm only on episode five. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, we'll get going. But Jared, tell everybody who we got tonight. Yeah, we are super, super, super excited to have Desmond Lindsay with us. And he's running back coach. He's going to talk. He's going to convert all these guys who want to be Division one, division two, division three running backs in high school into these running backs. So if they'll listen to this episode, you know, they're going to get some awesome tips here. And I'm super excited that we have him on the show. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. I appreciate you all for having me on. And hopefully I can share some knowledge with some guys tonight um, that will hopefully help them out in their career. I'm going to dive right in, Coach, because we asked for a bio. You sent it to us. And I'm just going to I'm just going to list some of the places on your resume because it's absolutely fascinating to me. I want to hear about some of the highlights of this, but if we go all the way back to Wilcox Central High School, then we have Mississippi Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, University of Arcus at Monticello, University of West Alabama, University of West Georgia, University of Southern Mississippi, Memphis, and now Arkansas State. Coach, that is incredible. Nice job. Nice work, man. How do you, how do you do all that? Well, here's here's what I tell guys. Um, for me, it, it's been a it's been a pretty good ride. It's been a good journey. Uh, but I've been fortunate on every stop. You know, I think that's the biggest key. Even even my first stop at Wilcox Central in Camden, Alabama, um, I was very fortunate to be recommended by one of my late mentors, and uh, you know, stayed there for a year. And, you know, during that year transitioning, coaching um, high school ball and, you know, teaching at middle school, um, at the middle school level, it, it was very interesting. Uh, taught me a lot of things, how to get back to the basics more than anything and just how to make sure that you're overprepared and underprepared, you know. And uh, then I had an opportunity to get, in, get into college coaching at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Uh, funny story there because the head coach during that time was my college coach at um, I won a national title under at Delta State University, Steve Campbell, which he's currently the head coach at the University of South Alabama now. And, uh, you know, it kind of got rolling with Coach Campbell at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College for two seasons. Uh, then had an opportunity to get on uh, at the Division II level, which, you know, in, in, in any profession, you always want to try to elevate as much as you can. And, you know, really wasn't looking for an opportunity, but opportunity presented itself to get in the, on the Division II level at Arkansas Monticello 
Um, great coordinator Will Hall is currently the offensive coordinator right now. Tulane is looking for a receivers guy. And my name came across his desk and went up there and interviewed. Coach Hall and I was together at Arkansas Monticello. We went to West Alabama for, you know, another six, seven seasons. And um, during the West Alabama years, had a great run there. Started off um, under Bobby Wallace, you know, the legendary coach. If you talk about that won three national titles in the, uh, you know, mid to early 90s. So legendary guy like that, you just learned so much. I mean, it was like a sponge working under Coach Wallace for those um, two to three years there. Then, of course, Coach Hall took over as the head coach and, you know, had another run for another three years. Got, got a couple of conference titles out of there. Um, had some great players. I think that was the biggest key. We recruited some great talent um, and some great character guys that believed in what we were selling at the end of the day at the University of West Alabama. Uh, had a great run there and had an opportunity to get going at the University of West Georgia, which was a goldmine of a job during the time that we took over that program. And, you know, again, get a conference title over there. Um, you know, region title, get to the semis two years in a row. Uh, didn't end the way we wanted to the end, but you know, uh, but it, it was it was a great run there again. Just went in there, recruited some great talent, and you know, had great support from the administration. Um, which you know, at any level, you have to have that support from the top. And you know, then an opportunity at the University of Southern Miss come about. Um, very fortunate there to work with Jay Hobson for two years. First year was coaching tight ends, and second year I got back to coaching wide receivers. So had a great run there, two consecutive bowl games, winning the first one in the New Orleans Bowl. So very fortunate in there. Then had an opportunity to um, get on at the University of Memphis under Mike Norvell, which is, you know, genius of a guy when you talk offensive uh, football. And uh, then after one season there, had an opportunity to get over here to Coach Blake Anderson, um, coaching the running backs. I'm heading into season two now. And you talk about Blake Anderson, you know, in this profession, I don't know if there's one person that has any negative comments to say about Blake Anderson. I mean, I think that's a uh, that's a huge, huge um, accomplishment, um, and I think that's the reason that he's really never had much staff turnover also because, like Coach talks about all the time, he never wants you to feel like you work for him. He always wants you to feel like you work with him. So I've been very fortunate in that aspect right there. So, I'm, I man, I'm loving every moment being in Jonesboro with my family. Um, you know, coaching staff, we're really, uh, really close-knit, and I think that trickles down into the, um, you know, to the team also with the players. Interesting when you mentioned Tulane because we had the director of football ops at Tulane on about six, seven episodes ago who actually I worked with here at Jeff City High School. Wow. And so when you mentioned that he was at Tulane, I'm like, this is such a small world sometimes. It's just amazing what a small world it is. So I know this isn't on our script we sent you. What's your opinion of teaching middle school? <laughs> My opinion of teaching middle school um, is – actually helped me out uh, even in the coaching profession right now and I'm gonna kind of jump off the track a little bit but coming up when, when college coaches were allowed to you know go to the basically the power five schools during the summer months and work camps a lot of times I wanted to work with the younger kids because you have to break everything down from step one you know a lot of times when you're coaching the, the high school kids coaching the kids that are four-star five-star kids uh, you know in a in a sense, they're already technique, fundamentals, they're already kind of stuck with a lot of things. So teaching the young kids helped me out every summer because I had to get back to the base. I really had to teach outside of coaching. That's the biggest thing is being a teacher. And I think being in middle school teach you, first of all, patience more than anything, because you have to think you have elementary kids that's kind of 
getting itself together. You have a high school kid that, in a sense, they think, hey, we're adults, we're grown. Right. But the middle school kids, they're in the middle for a reason. <laughs> so they really make you have some patience at the end of the day. So I think that was one of the biggest things was patience and um, just being able to just really, really teach and, you know, just – and it helped me also even in the coaching profession with word associating different things also. That's where I really got my word associating from with teaching my guys even at this level. Um, from, you know, being in the middle school um, education system. You know, so what do you think is is the biggest adjustment for the kids coming out of high school? You know, everybody that's going to a big school, everybody's good. What, what's the hardest adjustment even just at the running back position for those guys? Well, from my experience, um, I just think time management more than anything because now mom, dad, grandma, whoever, they're not waking you up. Now you have to be accountable, not only uh, to yourself, but you have to be accountable to that university, to that community, to that team that you're on. So time management is one of the biggest things because now, you know, a lot of those kids have had everything kind of handed to them, silver spoon, but now you have to make sure that, hey, you're up for breakfast check on time, which is five minutes early. You know, you have to make sure, hey, I'm getting a um, training table on time. I'm getting to study hall on time. You know, I'm prepared for meetings. Um, and there's a lot of things that goes with that. So I think that's the, that's one of the biggest things, just time management that those guys have to make sure they get acclimated, you know, getting into the college ranks. And um, I think social interactions also, you know, because a lot of times, you know, kids are in high school, they just have one look, what I call click that they've been associated with. And, you know, getting, getting to, to, to the college ranks, you know, there's different guys. Now, Jamie, for an example, he was probably the, the star of his high school, most popular and things of that nature, you get on a college campus, which a lot of times it could be, you know, four or five times more students there. And now you're just, you're just another guy. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. So guys have to get adjusted to social interactions and, you know, just, Hey, try to make sure that they're not just being um, distant from, you know, their peers, you know, as they move forward and just, you know, trying to get, make sure that, Hey, I, I don't want to just, you know, hang with football guys all the time. Let me just become a, normal students sometimes just interact with just, you know, non-athletes also because they can benefit you, you know, five, 10 years down the road also. And just being humble. I think that's one of the keys, but that goes back to, you know, a guy coming on campus. He's always been the best on his team and things of that nature. But when you get to the collegiate level, I think it don't matter what level that you're at. I mean, there's going to be, you know, another 70, 80 guys just as talented as you are. So I think that's, those are some, some, some key points that I think uh, those guys have to get adjusted with. I love what you said about going back to middle school and teaching the basics Be Correct. because I've coached all the way down at like the fourth and fifth grade level and been yes. fortunate to coach kids on CC and stuff. And at the end of the day, you're still repping that first step, how to take a handoff, how to do this, what your read is, who you got on pass pro it's all the way back to the basics all the time and god love you man for coaching those middle school kids and being involved with them and teaching there and and bringing that all the way up because really we relate all that stuff to the simplest form and once we break it down to the simplest form what do we always tell kids you can go faster when it's not super complex right because it's simple you can process it and move along that's awesome that in you're right, JR. Coaching is such a small community when you think about it because 
what's that game six degrees of kevin bacon like any movie and you can get back to kevin bacon somehow we've we've talked to people at tulane who you know coach Lindsay knows who knows somebody else who knows somebody else and man we just we are so thankful for learning from all of it so thank you coach for that it's just it, it's humbling to hear you say that really I, I i love that part about it be brilliant at the basics i love it when you're talking about middle school high school community college division one all that stuff how do you help as a running back let's just focus in on the running back how does the running back help create that culture that you see is needed to be a winner, not only on the field, but in the community, in the classroom, everywhere you go? How does, how does the running back on that offensive team help create that winner mentality? Well, I, I think the biggest thing for us is we have one culture at Arkansas State, and our culture is one, others first, um, no excuses, and effort. Just go to work every day. That's the biggest thing for us. We all are bought into one culture. So it's my job as a servant to make sure that I'm more significant than trying to be successful. And the way I define that is um, you wake up on a daily basis and, you know, at Jonesboro, let's, let's, let's use the local Dollar General. That manager that runs Dollar General, they're successful at the end of the day. They make a pretty good salary, good quality of life, but are they significant? Are they having a positive impact on a young man or a young lady on a daily basis. So for me, I think that's the biggest thing. And even for our running backs that we just want to make sure, Hey, how am I impacting that old lineman that's having a bad day? How am I impacting that DB that I just hope to trust in practice, you know, and just making sure that, Hey, lift that guy up at the end of the day, because every, everyone needs that. And that's, that's one of our biggest things. Uh, like I said, others first, let's put others first, you know, no excuses at the end of the day, you know, with, with those running backs also, no excuses. I, I tie into um, what I ask those guys, are you an index finger or are you a thumb? And what I mean by that, the index finger, what are you doing with that index finger? You always pointing that index finger. That thumb, that thumb is directly at you right there. So I tell those, let's make sure that we're the thumb. In a good situation or a bad situation, as long as you're the thumb on a daily basis, I think you're going to definitely make sure that you're still creating that culture also. And I think a lot of it, you know, stems from the head coach or, um, you know, the GM, um, you know, anything of that nature, athletic director, just depends on the level. But, um, you know, being here with a guy like Blake Anderson, you know, he comes in every day, even from, you know, this past year, two or three years that he's been battling with some personal issues. But that guy still comes in every day with a positive attitude and still just making sure, hey, how can I help you guys out? Uh, I mean, man, it's it's been unreal. So I think positive equals positive at the end of the day. If he's coming in positive every day, it doesn't matter how much negativity someone else tries to put us off, that culture that we have in that running back room, it's going to stay positive. I think if he's a head coach that's constantly negative day in and day out, um, I think it's, you know, in my perspective, I think it's, it's it can get complicated sometimes trying to create positivity, you know, if it stems from the top right there. So I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, just like I said, just working for a guy like um, Coach Blake Anderson, man, it's been awesome. Um, and our kids see that. You know, our kids see that, hey, man, our coaches, staff, they're tight-knit. So as a running back group, they need to make sure, hey, we need to be tight-knit. They see everything that you do also at the end of the day. And I think, you know, maybe years back, you can probably fool a kid or, you know, fool some players here or there. But I think now, I mean, it's all truthful. I mean, our kids understand, hey, is this real or is this fake at the end of the day? So, 
again, I just try to make sure that I'm being a servant from the head coach. Hey, just making sure, hey, this is our culture right here. And as a running back room, we have to make sure that we live up to that culture because at the end of the day, if we're making our teammates better, if we're competing against each other on a daily basis, that culture is, is going to be there, you know, at the end of the day. And just making sure that I that I I try to inspire leaders within that room also. You know, even something as little as, you know, if we have a 2.30 Zoom meeting as a position group, um, I may text one of the leaders, you know, a day before and say, hey, we have a 2.30 Zoom meeting tomorrow. And that's all I would do. It's up to him to make sure he gets the rest of his teammates on the same page. So five minutes early, everybody's on there. So that way we know exactly hey, we're creating more leaders also. Oh, I love it. And JR, nobody is going to believe this when we talk about it on the podcast. But one of the comments you made, Coach, is something that I actually have on my desk right now. And it says, do not settle for successful. Be significant. Nobody will believe it, but JR got it right here. It's right here. I prove it. It's on my desk, baby. It's on my desk. I'm not lying. I love that quote. Coach, Coach, I, I usually wait till later in the show, but I'm going to bring this up right now. I still got a year of eligibility, and I think I can run the rock, man. Because right now, we're on the same page, and I think I could do this. So Arkansas State ain't that far. I mean, I could be down there whenever – don't don't worry about it. Don't answer now. Don't answer now. I don't. You want got to a good trainer. <laughs> You're gonna need no, a good trainer. No, <laughs> no. Plus, I'm a doctor, so I'll fix myself. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Oh man, I love that quote. I am juiced up, Jr. I'm ready to go now. All right, uh, I'll let you go, Jr. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, Coach, I was looking at your guys' schedule here for this fall, and you're opening up with somewhere you've been, which is Memphis. Correct. And then I saw on there, y'all are going to be making a trip up to the big house. Correct. And so my question to you is, which game are you looking the most forward to? I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, if you would have asked me this, you know, I'm going to just say five years ago, I would probably give you a different answer. But for me, as I've matured, the next game is the most important game. That's the game that I'm looking forward to. It don't matter who – it don't matter, like I said, if we're playing Memphis or if we're playing Jonesboro High School because, um, like I said, if you get older in the profession, you mature because I think you have to take advantage of every opportunity that you have with the camaraderie that you have and with that team wherever you're at. I think that's the biggest thing for me. So I just want to make sure that, hey, I'm taking advantage of memories. I'm taking advantage of the camaraderie. I'm taking advantage of the friendships that I'm making. So for me, it's not – hey. This, this is game we have to get. I think it's the next game. Whoever that opponent is, that's the most important game for me. That's the game that I'm looking forward to because that gives me an opportunity to make sure, for first and foremost, that my running backs get another opportunity to get better. To make sure, hey, how am I how am I helping the team? I didn't I didn't do as great last week. Let me make up for it. You know, moving forward, and it's like um, Eric Erickson said. You know, with, with kind of a prosperity versus despair. You know, there, there's going to be a lot of people that, that gets older in the age and, and say, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. But I don't want to be that guy. I want to be that guy say, hey, I did it. I lived it, man. I enjoyed every game that I coached in, man. I was coaching my my balls. I mean, I was all into it. I think that's what I want. I want more prosperity than despair saying, hey, I wish I would have done. Because I think if you say, hey, this is the most important game, you know, down the schedule and things of that nature. I think you miss not on opportunity and you're just trying to jump ahead. So that's my philosophy. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. I have a two-parter coach and 
hopefully I don't get too wordy. Sometimes I do that, but you know, from, from high school and I'm quite a bit older than you, I'm sure of that, but from high school all the way up into college now, there's so many different styles of offense, right? There's the eye, there's the wing T, there's the bone. We got spread going crazy. We got flex bone. We got all that stuff. At the end of the day, is the running back really different in any of those offenses? Or are there two or three core things that make you a running back no matter what offense you're in? I think at the end of the day, schematically, you have to go with what your running back can do, I think, at the end of the day. But by saying that, a lot of the the spread teams, um, especially at the collegiate level, a lot of those guys, they don't want their premier back to be a, um, I don't know, a 600, I mean, 6'1", 225, 230-pound. They don't want that to be the premier back. Now, they want that on their roster, but just for their premier back, they want a guy that, hey, we can put him in a slot. We can put him out wide. Um, you know, he's a backfield threat. We know he's great on the inside zone. We know, hey, he's great outside zone. Hey, we know he's great in our gap schemes. We know we can run him on wheel routes and shoot routes out of the backfield and things of that nature. Third downs, hey, give me that big bruiser so we can make sure that, hey, we get the, you know, that tough two yards, that tough three yards and things of that nature right Right. There. Well, I think thematically you're going to have to go with what you have. And I think that's what makes some of the high school coaches some of the best coaches in America because they take what they have and they utilize that. I think for us college coaches, we can go out and kind of hand pick our guys and say, hey, we got to make sure that he can fit into our scheme. But I think some of the best coaches are at the high school level because they take what they have and they make the best of it. What do you think is – what do you think is better to have, speed or power, if you had to pick between the two for the running back position? If I had to pick between the two, I would, uh, I would definitely pick power. If I had to pick between the two, I would definitely pick power. Um, you know, prime example, if you uh, watch LSU from this past season, um, I mean, I think, I think uh, he was, I think he probably went into the NFL combine running maybe a four six forty or something of that nature. But if you watch games, he never got caught. But when you say power, oh man, he was unreal. Yeah. He was, I mean, even for a five seven two hundred five ten pound guy, I mean, you watch film. I broke him down every snap that he had this season. Guys didn't want to tackle that guy, right. you know, but he was just tough and had power strength man and he was just one of those guys that you like hey he's gonna be a first round guy yeah. without a doubt yeah that makes sense so loaded question then loaded question is the fullback coming back i tell you i've i've been in situations to where uh where i was coaching at one school and we took a defensive lineman and ended up putting him as what we call our you know our our hybrid guy tight end fullback type guy and he's currently a starter in the nfl now at the fullback position oh. so i think at the end of the day uh, some programs won't hey we won't say we want a hybrid tight end but you bring a kid in thinking he's a hybrid tight end and when you try to put his hand in the dirt he can't get that done now it kind of causes confusion so i just think it's more you know what you want but at the end of the day i would definitely i would definitely arrow more to, hey, somebody's going to end up saying, hey, let's get the pool back into the game. There you go. He's smiling, JR. He's smiling when he's talking about this. So, you know, they got you got something cooking for this year, Coach. I know it. There's something coming, and they, 
they may not know it at Memphis or in the big house. They won't listen to this. That's okay. It, it, we're out in like Norway, but nobody up there is going to listen. So don't worry. It'll be all right. right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me then, tell me a drill or skill of your choice. It's day one. You're at a new school. Don't care if it's high school, college, middle school, if we're going to be brilliant at the basics. Day one, first drill we're putting in. Day one, first thing we're doing, we're lining with no pads and nothing on. We're lining up. We're hitting the sled. Oh, yes. Yes. I love it. Day day one, we're working on pads, pro. If we don't do anything else, we want to make sure we work pads, pro. I think, you know, as far as a drill, anything of that nature, um, any type of pads, pro competition, I love it. You know, I I think that's at the end of the day. Again, you get a lot of running backs that think, hey, we're just going to get handoffs. No. I want to see where your commitment is to this football team. And pass pro tells you everything that you need to know about a kid. Now, some kids, they may lose the drill, but if they're putting maximum effort, you have a chance. Some kid that could be a star player, if he's shying away from pass pro or if he's not putting maximum effort in pass pro, you know that you have a selfish kid right there. And I think that right there, I think that eliminates a lot of things for you in terms of your running back. And I think in any position, to be honest, skill-wise. Makes sense to me. It's going to be a little bit of a loaded question, too, but this will date me with how old I am because I grew up watching Walter Payton, and that was my guy. You know, I didn't particularly care for the Bears, but I like Walter Payton. And then Bo Jackson came along, and that that dude is – that's a whole other level of stupid there, what that guy was able to do with with playing baseball and football and doing all that. So my question, if you had a perfect running back, who is he going to be modeled after? And I would have to throw some guys, just just put them in a hat, and hopefully they can come out. Um, but, you know, me coming up, I was a Barry guy. You couldn't tackle Barry's. Right. right. Um, and me getting in football early, again, in my opinion, I don't think he had just the best O-line, you know, in the NFL. But you could not tackle that guy. And you're talking about just low center of gravity, power, um, just could do it all. You know, I, I would have to start with Barry um, as the nosy guy. Then you come to, you know, this age group now, um, you know, you go down to the New Orleans Saints, Adam Kamara. I mean, he's just a jack of all trades, man. I mean, there's nothing that that guy cannot do. And he's a good size back also. Then you have to go over to, you know, I guess the next state, you know, go over to Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, tough, powerful, deceptive when you watch him on film, Um, good route runner, um, powerful, I mean, you know, when, when he gets through the line of scrimmage is, is what I call it. He gets under that hurdle and just, I mean, just run over the fenders as they're coming up right there. And then I got to finish with my, my guy McCaffrey, man. I mean, this guy led his team as a running back in receptions. I mean, you don't hear about that. Those are things right there. I mean, this guy breaking down every clip of McCaffrey from this season. You know, I, I called one of my buddies. I said, man, I can see why they paid this guy. I mean, he is unbelievable. Again, jack of all trades. I mean, he's probably not going to, you know, um, run a 4 or whatever the case is. But when I say he is so intelligent from that position, I mean, he is just – you can see him. I mean, he's like a coach on the field at that position, to be honest with you. And then they can do so much. They, they can line him up and truly at receiver, and he's going to be just as effective. So I think you throw those – four guys in there, I think you have something really special. It's interesting you mentioned McCaffrey because we had his high school coach 
Okay. And his current trainer on this podcast. Wow. And that was two extremely enlightening conversations <laughs> that we had because we're like, how do we have these guys on here? You know, and some of the stories they were telling about Christian and the things he can do, it, it's just unbelievable what that guy can do. And you also mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. He played high school football down in St. Louis, which is about, about two hours from us Three. At, a, at a place called John Burroughs. And I never got to see him in high school, but he, he's a real deal. I mean, he is the absolute real deal. So I'm going to follow that up here real quick and ask you, what do you think is, I would say, the, the change that happens between the college level and the NFL level where you'll see dudes kind of running wild in college. Cause I, I like the South Carolina Gamecocks for better or worse. And, and they always play Georgia and Georgia's got dudes. I mean, they had Todd Gurley and they had Sony Michelle and Todd Gurley, you know, he's kind of hard to deal with in the NFL, but some of those guys go there and it just doesn't seem like it ever works out for them. What you got any insight into that or. Well, I think as far as the skill and talent level, uh, you know, basically you go into you know, any, any Power 5 school uh, or, you know, even FBS or FCS or whatever, you take the best one or two players off that team. The NFL is basically, it's, it's like an all-star league. Well, I think, again, that, that's, that's kind of, you know, going from high school to the collegiate level. When you're going from the collegiate level to the NFL, you're basically going, now you're on an all-star team where some of those all-stars hey, are real vets at the end of the day. And I think if you're not bought in to that culture, to that way of doing things, it don't matter if you're a first round guy or if you're a second round guy, I think you're in trouble. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that gets a lot of guys out of the league also. Um, you know, it, it's like one guy said, um, you know, he talked about ants and roaches. Um, NFL guy, Tony, I think it was Tony Saragusa, if I'm not mistaken, but we talked about that culture and you know, he, he said, basically, if, if, if you come home late one night, uh, you know, you've been out with the fellows and probably not living in the best condition, but you come in, he said, and if you flip that light switch on, and if, there ro- if there's roaches in there, what are they going to do? They're going to scatter. Everybody's going in a separate way. He said, but you can take a jar full of ants, just shake that jar as long as you want, hard as you want. He said, now, if you pull that jar out of those ants, he said, eventually, they will go their separate ways. He said, but when it all gets back down to it, what they would do, they will conform and they will get back in the same line, everybody be on the same accord. So I think that's the biggest thing with, you know, leaving college and NFL, if guys don't make it from character wise, and then from a styling standpoint, it just come down to, you know, are guys mentally into it or are they taking care of their bodies? Because if not, you're not gonna last long. Again, that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. Like you said, I think the best everybody's an all-star at that level. Correct. I mean, Correct. there ain't no there ain't nobody getting carried there. I mean, nobody's luggage there. Everybody's got to play good. My final one for you would be this. Who is the best you personally have ever seen? Any level that you have ever seen? Man, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, Steve McNair. Oh, okay. Person just, yeah, Steve, man, he was, he was, he was special. Yeah, yeah, he was, that's true. He was special. 
He was special, man. So just person, because, you know, we kind of grew up from the same area and things of that nature. Um, so uh-huh. you know, just seeing him, I mean, from me being a, a young kid to, you know, getting all the way up to just, you know, seeing him college, NFL and things of that nature. Awesome. Nice. I was listening to a coach one time and he was telling a story about Barry Sanders and he was a, he was a Detroit Lions coach. I mean, he was their coach and he's drawing up this play and Barry's in the backfield and, you know, the defense is in whatever forefront they're in. And, okay. And uh, the coach goes, all right, our, our center and our guard are going double here. The guard and the tackle on the backside are going here. This tackle is going here. And he doesn't block either DN. And some guy, probably like me in the back of the room, raises his hand and goes, hey, coach, you forgot to block those two DNs. He goes, no, those are Barry's oh, guys. <laughs> and he's like, well, what do you mean? He goes, no, we don't block those. Barry got those two. We just get the other nine. No doubt. We just get those guys. And he goes, watch. And he showed it on film. And sure enough, neither one of them could tackle him. So he's like, see, I told you, those are Barry's yes, guys. We, yes, yes, no doubt. You're a really good O-line coach when you got Barry Sanders. Man, that's right. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting to with my guys. I mean, you know, we can go as, as anything, you know, especially at that position, you got to make the line great at the end of the day. You got to make the line great. Oh, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Coach, you've been amazing to have on. I love the skill of going to hit the sled right away. I think that creates some mentality and some culture just itself. Because we tell people all the time, right? No block, no rock. That's, that's the way it works. No so show your commitment. So show your- that's right. Show, show your commitment, right? Go after it. And I'm going to ask you a question, and then we're going to kind of wrap it up because I know your time is precious. Okay. JR and I put out a poll. Uh, we, uh, we were on the defensive side of the ball for a long time, been on the offensive side of the ball for a while now. And JR and I contend that there are only three ways to run the football inside the tackles, outside the tackles or option, which means you have a guy both inside and outside the tackle. Okay. We put this tool, uh, this poll up on Twitter. Well, a bunch of people voted and said, no, that's, that's ridiculous. That's not true. So we said, come on the show. Tell us why it's not true. We heard nothing. But since then, we've asked every guest that has been on the show, and they all agree with us, that there's only three ways to run the football, inside, outside, or options. So you're a running back coach, collegiate running back coach, with an amazing, amazing resume. So I'm going to ask you, no, no harm here. You answer any way you want. Do you believe that there's only three ways to run the football? Well, you're definitely going to be inside the tackle. You're definitely going to be outside the tackle. And you definitely have the opportunity to do both. So I will agree. JR, I don't even know where these Twitter trolls were that were voting no, but everybody should be agreeing with us. It's probably it. who we coached with. <laughs> probably, probably got on there probably. just to disagree with us. <laughs> probably. That's probably true. That's probably true. So, Coach, we've come to the part of the show where we talk about tag. Oldest game we know, we played it as kids. We were always trying to tag somebody, and you've been it for about 35 minutes now. And everybody wants to know, because this show's going out pretty quick, who are you going to tag? Man, I think if I had to tag one guy, um, I guess I'm going to tag my brother, Will Hall, offense coordinator at Tulane. All right. Coach, you've been amazing. I've learned a lot. I think we could get along really well. I'm not going to send you my video yet. You know, I know you guys are busy. So just some drills of me in the front yard hitting the sled or whatever I got to do. 
Uh, as long as you can pass pro and play on special teams, I give you an opportunity. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you now. I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna come and hit you. Oh man, you might knock me down, but you ain't getting to the queue. That's a, I, that's I like for sure. It. You ain't gonna get there. You ain't gonna like get there. Nice. I like for Arkansas State Coach Lindsey. This has been Process Preparation Performance. I'm Coach Duke. He's J.R. Simmons, and we are Breakdown Sports. See you later. Appreciate you guys.